0: You're a man that controls his own destiny, a man that is always in the pursuit of being better. You are in the right place. You are responsible. You are strong. You are a leader. You are a force for good, gentlemen. You are the alpha, and this is the Alpha Quorum.
1: All right, welcome to Alpha Quorum. Uh, I am your host, Derek Johnson. Uh, you've heard me before. You've heard my co-host and co-founder of Alpha Quorum, Brad Singletary. Go ahead and say hi, Brad. What's up? What's up? Hey, we got a couple of new guys. Actually, they're not new to me. They're they're going to be new to you. A couple of guys joining us on the podcast for a uh, uh, for the very first time. Uh, first of all, the one and only. Uh, what was your handle again on Instagram? Hobo uh, Moped. Hobo Moped. Yeah. This is Hobo Moped <laughs> from Instagram, Mike Spurgeon. Go ahead and introduce yourself, Mike.
0: Yeah, Mike Spurgeon, Taco Mike, otherwise uh, known as Taco Mike.
1: Where does a Taco Mike come from?
0: Uh, just, we do Baja trips, and so when we're down there, we just oh. I, they just call me Taco Mike.
1: Okay,
2: all right. I think Taco Mike's way cool.
0: Hobo moped. That's what I call my motorcycle. It's the moped. I'm a hobo. Hobo moped. The beard kind of makes Traveling you look, train, look like a tranny.
1: Uh, a, a hobo. Harney. <laughs>
0: we'll have to cut that out. But
1: let me. <laughs> We don't want to offend any carnies <laughs> that might be listening Chop chop on Metro PCS phone. So <laughs> I like the beard, though. The beard is actually, what does Mrs. Spurgeon think about she the did, beard? She's not a fan. She
0: doesn't like it that much. She's not no, a fan? not really.
1: Mrs. Johnson hates the beard. Yeah. She says, yeah, you're cute without your beard. And I'm cute with the beard, right?
0: So. I'm taking Santa in a whole different direction, a dark direction.
1: To be honest <laughs> with you, there's a, there's a dude uh it, like a homeless guy that sleeps outside my office and if I get to the office early, he's still like laying there in front of my office and you and him have the exact same beard. S- so
0: be- people at church ask me about this because it's a little long for Mormon standards and so um, so I, um, I tell people that I'm taking the Amish lessons, the Amish discussions and as soon as I'm <laughs> Amish, I'm going straight to Rumspringa, like just right there. Do not pass go, do not collect 200 bucks. Straight <laughs> what, away. What,
1: what do the Amish... Lessons are they is it whittling, is a lot woodworking and things like that. (laughs) Milk (laughs) a cow. All right, Mike. Well, welcome to the uh to the to the podcast. I will say that uh Mike was uh tuning up somebody on the phone right before we went live. And uh I'm excited. I'm I'm kinda thinking I might hire Mike as a personal coach because he was slapping this guy silly over the phone. I kinda it was exciting. (laughs) Sometimes
0: that's all right. what it takes
1: also joining us for the first time mr jeremy Levitt
2: hello hello Jer- everybody
1: jeremy Levitt is uh wh- what is your um what's your field what are your you're a therapist right uh,
2: marriage and family therapist extraordinaire oh, extraordinaire how long have you been doing that uh about six years okay um yeah six years that's that's accurate I had to do some mental math there
1: all right what what made you want to be a therapist and and I mean, was there like a, long.
2: do you want the long story or the short story
1: I want the best story
2: I don't so, care how long I, I don't care so how long it takes to get some there sharks and you know whatever Vietnam war no um I uh never really thought I wanted to be a therapist I actually thought I wanted to be an attorney um for what reasons I don't know why um really felt like I could influence people And was ready to look into a master's program and decided that law school was not the right decision and went and signed up for master's degree program intending to do an MBA. Saw the list and on there was marriage and family therapist. um, And I signed, didn't even consult my wife, which was probably not a good idea. (laughs) And the person that was there signing me up said, congratulations, you just signed up for the longest master's degree program we have. And the rest is history, and how long ago was that? I graduated in two thousand and twelve or yeah two thousand and twelve went went right into it yep went right into it i I graduated with a full private practice, which is not that easy to do, but i I started working and what what does that mean for us laymen? Here, what, what does that mean full private practice? So most people when they graduate, in the last year of school you have an internship where you you can accrue you know up to 500 hours towards your 3,000 hours required for licensure. Uh, so the rest of the 2500 you have to work at after you graduated as a state intern. But uh, in that time, um, in that last year I had built such such a reputation. I uh, was really pushing myself hard to do presentations um, to different groups and was really talking to a lot of people, you know, so most people graduate with the 10 hours a week that they had because they were working 10 hours a week the last year of school to get those hours and I, was, I graduated with a full schedule of 40 clients a week and wow. just been going nonstop. Now, you work primarily with men now, right, dealing uh, with men's issues? Men's issues, but the family issues, too, and, and the issues men sometimes cause. Um, I would say they probably always cause them. <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll say 90%. Uh-huh. Um, but Was that uh,
1: something you always wanted to do, or did you find, you know, as you were early in your practice, did you find a niche that you were good at this? And you started to you know, how how did it end up that way? you know i
2: just I just started really learning it started all with pornography and pornography and sex addiction, so I really focused and studied that and my my uh specialty became that but that that merged so obviously I was working with lots of guys there but to say just guys struggle with it is is not true. I work with probably twenty to thirty percent of my clients are women that struggle with that as well, but that led into the the, the family dynamics that are, are affected by the pornography or the, the infidelity, the marriage dynamics, and then even further, but the betrayal trauma part of it, um, where I've got a woman now who's in a marriage and literally could be diagnosed with PTSD, um, just like a Vietnam vet. And the only difference between her and a Vietnam vet is she didn't expect, or the Vietnam vet didn't expect... Uh, Charlie Viet Cong to love her, and so we got to mess we'll do that whole messy process of cleaning that up and helping her heal before the marriage can even start to be repaired. Gotcha. So that's
1: fun. All right. He he lost me about halfway through that explanation. He way smarter. Well, I'm he way Dents. too smart for me. <laughs> um What would you say the number one, as as for working with men right now, what would you say the number one problem they're facing? I mean, I think that all four of us, you know, one of the things I think that attracted the four of us to getting together and doing this podcast is we all agree that 2018 is a very unfriendly time for uh, traditional, as we would define it, masculinity. And in fact, we just, and I I don't want to get too deep into this, but as far as the Kavanaugh thing, quickly became a man versus women issue. And, you know, there was, you were either with the women and against him or with the men and with him. And I felt that that was kind of foolish and silly, but and I don't really want to get into that. Um, But I think we all agree that it's not a good time or it's not a... I don't want to say it's not a good time because it the time is the time it's not good or bad this is just kind of the waters so that's what got us all together what do you think the number one um challenge it is it, you, you see in all your clients men specifically Yeah. like i mean give me like a
2: unequivocally it's just redefining their manhood absolutely if they can start feeling like men again and understand Understanding what a man is and what a man does and what his roles and responsibilities are, things start to get better. They've, they, these men have created vacuums in their families. And so if they're not the leader, and obviously leading with their wife, but if they've 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 left that position, there's this huge vacuum now that somebody's got to fill. Right. And it just creates this huge mess. It creates a huge mess. And that's generally what I help them do is learning how to start filling. Filling that role again. So
1: let me ask you this: So somebody comes in. Let's say it's Mike, comes in with his hobo beard, and he sits down in front of you, <laughs> and you're looking at him for the first time. You've never spoken to him. His wife probably made the appointment, right? I mean, that's probably uh, how it, that works. That is,
2: that is, yeah. Four out of five appointments are usually made by the women.
1: Yeah. No, no. There's nobody better at finding where I need work. Than or their mom, or you know, <laughs> it's their mom. <laughs> So he sits down in front of you, you're meeting him with the first time he hasn't said anything to you about anything what what you've got to be making him you've been doing this for six years. What kind of assumptions are you making about like you you probably at this point know what to expect uh, you're probably past the point of being surprised much in your profession
2: correct uh yeah not not surprised very often and so that's that's not a huge deal, but i can't really i try really hard not to make assumptions. I'd like to be surprised. Um, you know, it might make my day a little bit more exciting. But if Mike's sitting across from me, I just want to know about Mike. Sure. And so based on his language and his demeanor and his, and his body language and, and how he, what, he, what he chooses to tell me and what I know purposefully he's leaving out, even though I don't know his full story, like I, I can sense and I can tell, oh, there's more there that he's not telling me. Sure. And so that, that gives me a lot of information. Even that first session where we're not getting a lot of work done, we're just getting to know each other. What's the homework assignment after the first? Is it generally the same? I mean, it. Um, not, not all the time. It really depends on what they're doing. I, I find a lot of guys are struggling with their self worth and their self image. Huh? So, very often, homework assignments start with something like that something that will help them learn who they are, define who they are, um, remember who they are, I think is a more appropriate way to talk about that and, and really start to, to understand and move into that person not the person that they've been defined by the world the relationships all kinds of other things they've just really got to for they've got to kill the old the old them
1: right okay so mike you were on the phone right before we went on air you were talking to somebody on the phone and you were doing some some coaching and i know that talking to brad and talking to you that's something that you do on these trips to mexico with your motorcycle and things like that What's your experience as far as working with men and, and helping them kind of, again, leave the old and the new? It's having spoken with you before, you experienced the same sort of thing in your, you know, your motorcycle thing uh, trips down to Mexico. And that you've got these men that don't really know their place in all of this and you're helping them find it. What, what led you to do, because I know these motorcycle, how long have you been doing them?
0: I think I've been doing these motorcycle trips pretty regularly on an annual basis now for about two years. Okay. And to just really quickly jump off of something where Brad, or where, uh, 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 you'll have to. Jeremy. <laughs> I think Mike's on pain meds. <laughs> no, 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 leave that in. We're
2: not He's cutting that out. We <laughs> <Mike's> will not <laughs> cut that out. Mike's age is showing.
0: Oh, hell. <laughs> yeah, okay. Mike's over I'll probably beard. mix and forget all of your names tonight. So, right. um, and we know each other, so that was a good flub. <laughs> so the thing that Jeremy was talking about, what I was doing is in, in my mind, I was thinking about what I was going to say kind of bounce off of that. Um, in so I do and have participated in 12-step recovery program now for about seven years. And I have changed the word recovery into redemption. And this is the, the point that, that Jeremy was just kind of making goes to this word of redemption. So what I believe is necessary is for a person to find a way to redeem himself from something that he has slipped into previously, unknowingly, through laziness, through rebellion, through a thousand different vehicles. He've got he's, he's found himself Broken, lost, wandering, whatever word you want to use there. And in 12-step, in the 12-step model, we use the word recovery. And I believe it's about redeeming, redeeming this soul, this individual, into something that looks like what they did before, but adding to it whole new levels of themselves. In in many ways, it's just growing up into a fully expressed and matured human being.
1: With these trips in Mexico, though, now I wasn't—I know we've spoken about them in the past, though. I wasn't under the impression that most of these men you're taking on these trips were in the program— they were... Typically, they're not. Okay.
0: So maybe in my life, I have multiple lanes that I sort of travel in. Sure. And one of the lanes is just the, the guys that are in 12-step. Another okay. lane is the guys that are in 12-step, but maybe they're getting some mentoring and some coaching and just, we call it sponsorships, right. sponsoring. And then maybe another lane of my life is a group of guys that go on these motorcycle trips or that I sort of fellowship outside of those other two lanes. So, the mo- so your question's about the motorcycle trips. Basically, what I feel like I'm doing there is taking guys who are a little bit out of tune i, I don't think i don't want to con- i don't think that any of these guys typically generally qualify as sort of like my 12 step you know buddies mm-hmm. they may be very in control very in command of their world and their universe the, a lot of these guys have their names on the sides of buildings you see them on billboards they're dudes who are like clicking on all cylinders sure However, there's parts of their life that are unraveling or unraveled to a point where they are getting into trouble. So these are guys who are like starting to redline, right? They've got parts starting to come off the airplane. And they're they're doing their level best to keep it all together. And by all outward appearances, they probably are. However, inside, they're racing at full tilt. They're at redline. And they are letting things slide internally, externally. They're also involved in really risky behaviors to try to push some of those adrenaline buttons to get some dopamine, to get some of those feel-good juices, that that juju going inside of them, that they're detuned a lot of times because... You know, they they used to get their jollies, praise of man, right? They used to get the pat on the back when they would get a new level in career or maybe some new financial achievements. Mm -hmm. Like, these are dudes who are, like, top of the mountain. Okay. And there's very little left that they're reaching for. And so, life feels boring. It feels uh, old and stale. And so, these are guys who now maybe are um, really high-level you know, uh, cocaine and hookers and, and affairs and all of these behaviors that are very high-level self-destructive things.
1: When, you, when, you, when these guys go on the trips with you, though, are you aware of these sometimes, behaviors yes, or is this something that you're stripping? I mean, because part of your program is just breaking these men down to the bare bones and working you know, with the raw materials and getting rid of, rid of for lack of a better word, the bullshit— and then building them back up. And so this stuff comes out, not necessarily before you go, right? This is something that happens in the process. You're finding these things out, correct?
0: Yes and no, so it's both. And sometimes I know these guys personally and I I have a sense of who they are and what's going on in their lives. And so there's there's, um, an expectation, I guess, of, um, on my part, like I already understand where you are, right? And so I'm not scratching a lot to try to dive into that Mm -hmm. because maybe I know some of these guys though they are here's here's the thing maybe I want to say this most men in their lives are starved for male companionship they're starved for deep level companionship really really deep connection with other dudes on a level that is not super superficial with sports or work or just the day-to-day grind of life and so when I'm out with these guys what I'm trying to do firstly is I'm trying to say look I'm willing to put myself, I'm willing to project myself to you or present myself to you fully exposed. Like, I'll be, I'll tell you anything and everything that may help the relationship to be born and to grow, and I'll knock myself down. Like, I'm willing to be completely open and, and, you know, exposed in my story. With the hope that maybe you see that and you're like, okay, so if this dude's willing to go there, I can go there too. Because in our typical interactions as dudes, we're just keeping it super light, right? right? We're, we're keeping it super saltine cracker. That's all we're going to do. But when we go on these trips, we're crammed into a car. We're going out of country. We're on motorcycles. Da- the danger level, the adrenaline level, the masculinity, the testosterone's up. Like everything is up. And then... I introduce, and it happens organically, we introduce some, um, I hate the word vulnerability, but I'll use it there. We, I introduce or I hope to facilitate the introduction of some exposure, some willingness now, to expose yourself.
1: I think the vulnerability, if you're willing to be vulnerable with people, they're more likely to be vulnerable with you. It has
0: to start there for me, in my experience.
1: Otherwise, they're not going to trust you. And allowing yourself to be vulnerable in the right conditions, it empowers you to help somebody else.
0: Yeah, you so ha- what, I, what I think I'm doing is like, I'm, I'll show you my scars, because I'm gonna ask you about yours. Sure. And if you don't know that I have them and what they look like and how deep they are, then you're probably not going to want to tell me about yours because yours, yours are maybe deeper than mine. And so you need to know the depth of my experience. And, and I don't want to dump it on you. I mean, I, it's not a confessional, and I don't need those experiences to be the moments of like, I need to bounce this off you because I need some validation. I just want you to understand this is maybe where I'm, fr- I'm coming from so that when I ask you a question that's a little deeper, a little harder, a little more you know, s- serious, I guess, than what you're normally used to having conversations, about. You're okay with going there cuz I just went there. I just did that. I got in that you know, shitty water, that muddy water. Right. And it and I survived, so jump in too.
1: Okay. How long have you been doing that? I mean, I mean this is obviously a story here and we're introducing ourselves to the audience. I I'd, I'd like to know at least with <laughs> I guess my question is A, why motorcycles and B, why Mexico because I am 44 years old. And I've been to Mexico once, if you count Tijuana, and I've driven a motorcycle exactly zero times in my entire uh-huh. life. If you put me on a on you, mu- if you could put me on a motor motorcycle right now, you might as well put me in a cockpit of an airplane. That's <laughs> I would know that much. Yours <laughs> like, that experience, <laughs> like that, either one of them. I'm starting at exactly zero with how to do it. So why Mexico? Why motorcycles? And you've been doing it for a while, and you seem to be having some success getting people to kind of be honest with themselves
0: yeah so uh, that's a good question and there's a couple of couple of things going on there one of the things i'll start with this one of the things that i have found effective when dealing with with guys especially in 12 step is when their lives are so degraded uh napoleon dynamite decoded down to this level where they're just completely they're so knackered they're so just out of sorts they don't even know what's up and what's down they're lost I have found this this simple technique of like putting them in a time machine, taking them back to their youth, teenage time. I want you to tell me where you felt the most alive, where you felt the most grounded, that where you just loved your life. Where were your high water marks? And almost always, it's not it's not a guaranteed, but almost always, it's a dude who tells me when I was in high school sports on a baseball team, when I was in the band, when I. Was skiing. I spent a winter just skiing. I was a ski bomb, or I was a surf bomb, or I was something. But it involves there's there's components that I discovered are universal: physical activity and adrenaline, uh, camaraderie with other guys. You weren't doing it in a vacuum. You're doing it with other people. Um, you were taking risks, personal challenges. You had um, you were putting yourself out there, and you were doing it at a level that maybe could get you into trouble with your with your in-group, right? With the people that you're with. Like your family didn't like that you were doing this that much. They thought you were kind of wasting your time or being foolish. And those are almost to a man, when I, when I dig into that, they all have that common universality. They're all doing something different. And so what I do with these guys is I time machine them back and I say, let's go back to when you, you were that guy. What were you doing? For me, it was riding my dirt bike. It was out in the desert riding dirt bikes. And so that's my thing. That's what I went to, and I brought that forward in a time machine to try to use as a resource for me in getting my wires straightened out. So, so my
1: next question is, so now I got the motorcycle part. <laughs> Why Mexico? <laughs> it's the next question. Like, so I, I understand that part d- now. So does moment. that make sense? No, absolutely it makes sense. Okay. I think you're trying to put them back in a state where they...
0: I want you to go back in time when you felt really good about yourself, right. And felt like you were, you know, dialed in. Mm-hmm. Let's have you do that now. The the one quick other thing about that is most of these guys haven't done those things in years and years and years. Okay. It's been years. I've had guys who like will pick up a guitar for the first time. In I, 20 I'm years. sitting here
1: think. I'm sitting here listening to you talk, and I'm trying to think. Man, when was the last time I did do something that kind of blew my skirt up as far as like making you feel alive and and masculine and all you know all those things and. I don't know if I could do it. You know, I mean, thinking back, I'd, I'd be going back a long ways to kind of figure out. Okay, we can the, work
0: on you, but but you get the idea, right? No, I absolutely
1: understand yeah, it. I'm just I'm asking tracking. myself the same question, and I'm thinking, yeah, I don't know if I can answer that question. You know? Yeah.
0: So. Okay, so why Mexico? So I've been going to Mexico for 15 years or so, and just the first time I was there, I felt like it had a an energy, a vibe. There, it was laid back. It's um, the food tacos, the people, everything about it. And just combining, you know, brotherhood fellowship with dirt bikes and risk. It's a risky thing to go to Mexico. It's not what you hear in the news where we go, rural Baja, Mexico. But there's, there's risk. There's all of these things. So I have discovered through trial and error and just practicing this that taking a guy who feels stalled and stale in his life, putting him on a motorcycle and taking him down to Baja, Mexico... There is some magic in that formula that I don't know that I can express what it is. I uh-huh. haven't done the math on it. I don't understand it, but I can I can prove to you through lots of experiences with lots of dudes that there is something there that does work.
2: I really think it's the tacos.
0: It is 82% the yes, tacos. Definitely. Let me ask you this.
1: Tacos in Mexico or del taco, which do you prefer? <laughs> I don't even want to <laughs> entertain I'm not even going to go there the cuz
0: it's that's yeah, you know which one it is. So I'll, here's, here's my
1: last question on that, and I, mean, I think I know the answer because I'm thinking I want to take motorcycle <laughs> lessons right now and renew my passport, just listen to easy to talk. But um, guys don't just go on these trips one time, do they? You no, it a this is a
0: repeat, yeah. These are guys who once they taste, you know, you get a bite of this apple and you're like, sure. I need that in my life. I want that.
1: I mean, quite frankly, if, if somebody out here is listening to this podcast right now, they know there's a primal itch that they can't identify but they know it needs scratching. I mean that's absolutely like we live in a time where you know we get in our car and we drive to a box and we spend 10 hours a day by ourselves and we do we miss that camaraderie. I I, I my family is my wife and my daughter, so I'm not around men ever <laughs> at home, you know.
0: Yeah, and so uh, to to your point, when you get guys together and we've now we've now invested in this trip, we've spent money there's, there's things that are in the male DNA. This works to the, to the level of the caveman. So we have shiny things. We're competitive about the shiny things that we buy and we do to our motorcycles. And it's physical. We, we're fixing things. We're working on things. It's toys. Then we plan. We strategize. We look at the map. What was it, what's it going to be like? Imagination is involved. There's the camaraderie of the pre-trip where we're texting and we're busting each other's balls. And there's that fellowship. Then we execute, we do it, we're on that experience. And during the trip, generally our phones aren't working. So we're sort of destabilized. We're sort of out of our element.
1: That we're, in and of itself is a reason to go to Mexico. Yeah. But there's no cell service there, I, I want to go there.
0: Typically no, and we're eating food that we're not really used to and we're life is coming at us at like full tilt. Like we're being just assaulted. All of our senses are being assaulted with the delight of this experience, and we're doing it together. We all make it because we struggle up the mountain, and you get hurt, and I help you, and then I'm hurt, and you help me, and it's a military engagement, and it's 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 just it's gut level, base level DNA, testosterone. How many men like, are on this high level?
1: How many men? I mean, when you're so, for instance, you just got back from one, right?
0: Uh, no, it's been a while, and I'm I've got one. I've oh, got. Oh, you've got one coming up. I've got one coming up. So okay. early spring, we got the next one coming up. Uh, how many guys? So it's typically 7, eight, nine, 10. We're talking this next one, maybe 15. So the number needs to be capped and kept pretty small sure. and intimate so you can maintain this camaraderie. Like part of the trip experience and, 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 and what I get the feedback from is you have this grinder day that exposed you to all of these stimulus. Then we decompress, we get to the we get to the restaurant, we're sitting around having tacos, we're drinking our beverages, and we're all decompressing the day. Mm-hmm. And it is like so for some of these guys, it's the first time they felt this alive in years and years and years and years. And they're it's just like they're sparking, they're crackling, they're like a little electrical, you know, ions are like popping off them. These guys are like whooping it up, they are just on fire. And they're not stoned. They're not high. No one's, you know, doing a lap dance for them. It's a level of adrenaline. It's pushing their buttons in a way that that reacts with their their genetics and their DNA. Not this false high that comes from these other bogus stimulus. Got gotcha. you. I don't know if I answered your question, but that no, was you just, answered I just wanted my question. I
1: mean, and you sold the trip pretty well. I'm thinking that I'm going to have to get my motorcycle license and my passport so that i can go on one of these trips so next one's coming up in the spring
0: yeah early spring is when we're gonna be. i'm gonna go off. ahead
1: and plug this right now if somebody uh-huh. wants to go on one of these trips how do they get a hold of you mike
0: uh i think instagram or facebook uh hobo, hobo-, hobo- on instagram or taco mike probably the number one yeah
1: okay all right well i think we ought to wrap this episode up i really um interesting stories we're told jeremy i know that you're uh, you're dealing with some voice issues so we're going to save your voice for the next episode but um really uh interesting stuff i i think that you've got you've learned some stuff about mike and jeremy and that they've got some some experience and some um, expertise in helping people kind of reclaim what it is to be a man again my name is derek johnson brad is uh he's He's Facebook-living this right now. Are you Instagramming this or Facebook-living? He's been handling the board tonight. Mike Spurgeon, Taco Mike, and or Hobo Moped. If you want to go on the next trip to Mexico, contact him. It sounds like it's pretty cool. And Jeremy Levitt, if they want to get a hold of you, I know you're like on a social media fast or something
2: like that. I just don't like social media. No. <laughs> but uh, They could just find me on, on, uh, on Google or psychology today. Awesome. Just Google my name. All right, awesome. Until next time, this is Derek, and I am done.
0: Gentlemen, you are the Alpha, and this is the Alpha Quorum.